Lawyer talk off the record on the air, continuing our COVID-19 fireside chat edition. Uh, for those that have been following, we've been talking a lot with Dr. Chris Pulaski, getting some updates and we have him again. And the idea here I think is going to be uh, do some more, uh, do some shorter updates more frequently because it seems like news is changing all the time. And uh, those who haven't seen uh, or heard of Dr. Pulaski, go listen to some of the stuff we've done. He, he provides some valuable insight into uh, all things science uh, and, you know, it's sort of unbiased. And, and everybody knows I hate bias here at Lawyer Talk. So uh, that's why we have him here with us uh, again, getting piped in from Kentucky because we are all um, minding the orders to stay away and keep our our social distances uh, Jared is not here. The beard is not here. I am tucked away alone in the catacombs of uh, Channel 511 Studio C. Uh, Chris, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Uh, another day. Yeah. <laughs> another day of surrealism. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like Armageddon out there, man. I mean, it's like if I let myself go there, I can just, it's easy to go to a place where you think, crap, is the world really ending? Is this, is, is this what we're doing? Uh, it's so bizarre. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing. You know, I, I I try to divorce emotion and try to intellectualize everything. Yeah. And, um, the, there's just not enough data. Like I feel like I, I change from minute to minute or maybe hour to hour, but <clears throat> between like, well, the, you know, the death rate's not low, uh, X amount of patients are get, get severe all the way to, you know, and I go switch to the other extreme and like this stuff spreading really fast. It's going to overwhelm. You look at the new death curves and they're, you know, United States is tracking with Italy. It's on a, you know, a exponential curve, almost a straight line up. So it's, and that's one of the really frustrating parts of this virus is that it's dangerous not dangerous to everyone and you know i mentioned back on the show on the 20th that you know i believed the bulk of the spread is by these asymptomatic carriers and now there's a lot more data to prove that which which makes the whole spring break thing in florida even more frustrating yeah. and that governor's getting a lot of heat for it. Well, he better. I mean, your, your text last night, for those who don't know, we text obviously doc and, and I got your text and, and you were almost, uh, yeah, I could, I could feel the anger uh, when you were talking about these 20 something kids uh, who are unknown carriers, just sort of cruising around without symptoms, spreading this thing like wildfire. Yeah. And the Florida symptoms are starting to starting to jump up and you know, I, I look at, so the, the NCAA canceled, canceled March Madness. So they were okay with losing billions and billions of dollars. So if they could make that decision, why, why did the, why didn't the Florida governor just say, you know what, no spring break this, this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, or, or at least shut the bars. Down. I mean, even if you, even if people were just going to beaches and not like shoulder to shoulder, sharing beers and beer bongs at the bars, you know? Yeah, it, it's, I mean, the NBA shut down, the NHL shut down. And these are actual businesses who are in the job of making, or they're in the business of making money. And, you know, I, I just, and there's a lot of old people that live in Florida. Yeah, so no. it, it, 
It's crazy. Well, that's going to lead us to what we're going to talk about in a second, which is some of the uh, you had an, a really interesting economic idea last night, and uh, I'm going to get to that in a second. But uh, first, I wanted to go back. You were talking about the, how this thing is curving up as far as death rates and how um, how it's sort of going up exponentially. And I just want to see if I can maybe ask you a question that might me feel make me feel a little bit better. Is that possibly because uh, of what we're testing and reporting? Those numbers are down, so we might have more people that have it without a death uh, versus um, you know, so if I have lots of 10 people in a room and they have it, they don't know it. And then one person gets it and, uh, and or say we know only five in the room and one out of five dies. But there's really 10 others in the room that have it. Uh, or or are you just talking like death numbers flat out? No, these are absolute death numbers. OK, so, so that's what's going up. People dying. The, the yeah. So on the 22nd, there was 111 deaths in the United States and the previous record was two days before at 57. And then yesterday, March 23rd, it was at a, the death rate was 140. So that's, that, that's starting to jump. Yeah. And at least New York is starting to test just more people in general. Um, you know, so now you're starting to get some of the uh, milder cases that are in your denominator. Um, but prior to that, really, the only the people with symptoms were, were getting tested. And that's why I, I felt, and now other epidemiologists, you know, are starting to back, because the number I gave yesterday was about 250,000. And that exact number was uttered, you know, which kind of comforted me a little bit. That means I did my math right. Yeah. You know, if 14%, of people who get it develop severe symptoms and you're only testing people with severe symptoms that kind of gives you, you know, divide by 14%. That's what gave you that number. And today that number is almost close to 400,000. Using the same mathematical approach. Right. Right. And, you know, and that gets to that point I was making is, or, or I kind of mentioned to you last night. So there are a lot of carriers, are people and you mentioned yesterday people who were sick like in early March and then it went away yeah. and they're starting to think they probably got the COVID virus and, and had minor minor symptoms mild symptoms and I'm just trying to wrap my head around how do you keep businesses afloat and how do you keep the hospitals from being overwhelmed because again even if the death rate is like 0.18 percent and the severe case rates around 14%, you still can't let it run wild because that, you know, uh, 14% or 0.14% of, uh, I'm sorry, 14% of hundreds of millions of people is, is a lot of people and you can't have them overrunning the hospitals right now. Yeah. So you do need, you do need those measures in place, but at the same time, there's whole, industries that have completely shut off and, and I feel like and we can't just set an arbitrary time limit like you know Trump said oh we'll be back in business by Easter I don't think you can do that either because Hong Kong essentially did that they had it under wraps and they're and they were like all right let's everyone get you know back to how it was and it's spiking again yeah so I don't think you can do that either. And what I was thinking is, 
as time goes on, a lot of people are, you know, we're already at probably three, 400,000 people with it. And here's where that testing becomes crucial because 80 different biotech companies approach the FDA saying, hey, we, you know, we have a test. We can make, some companies say we can make 50,000 a day. Some of them are saying 15 minute or, or, or 45 minute um, results times. So, you, I mean, the potential is there. It's just not being tapped yet. I know the, F, the FDA is uh, loosening some of the restrictions. But what I think should be, if I was a benevolent dictator yeah. <laughs> and could do whatever the hell I wanted. Well, let me stop you the there. Greater- because in theory, uh, the, the government, as much as I hate it, generally speaking, it is, in fact, a benevolent dictator uh, in this type of scenario, right? The, the executive branch has lots of uh, power to, uh, right. to make orders. And that is your benevolent dictator, benevolent dictator example. True, but the benevol- a benevolent dictator is a government of one yes. without the three, the three separation of powers and the checks and balances and the regulations. But if I was a benevolent dictator, I would give everyone who wants to or needs to work a test, a home kit. I would go to these biotech companies and like, you know, rather than, rather than, spend trillions of dollars of tax money to prop up businesses that aren't even operating at all, you know, like transportation, restaurants, yeah, all of those industries. So rather than spend money on that, spend it on the testing. If you're, if you test positive and you're asymptomatic, right? Yeah. Then wait another 14 days, test those again. If they're still negative, that means they're immune to it. That means they got it and probably didn't know it or had mild symptoms and it's passed. So now you have an, an immune workforce. So they can go, they're, they're, not, they're not at risk of acquiring it and getting sick enough to go to the hospital and take up an ICU bed. So those are the people that can be out working because they're, they're, they're immune to it. Those that... Well, let's stop there. Let me, let's stop there and we'll just we'll sort of recap what you said because what you're talking about is if we could test, say, now the, the premise of that is is 14 days enough. And I know I've read recently that it may take longer to be or to show symptoms, but whatever the date would be that you're comfortable, I think you're saying test right. somebody, they have uh, the virus, but no symptoms. Uh, right, and, they have the antibodies against the virus. Yeah, or the antibodies against yeah. the virus, meaning they yeah. had it at one point and uh, they have somehow fought it off. Give them whatever sufficient wait period you would need to make them uh, not contagious, and and then after that they get to go work and and, and do what they do yeah. to to keep the you economy know, going. And they can, you know, they can be out in the workforce. They can deliver food to the people. Now that's the, so now you have an immune population who's been exposed, who's declared themselves as making it through, or, or they're minor, you know, or had minor symptoms, and that numbers that's the number that's going to grow really quickly, not yeah. the really sick people or the dying people, but that number. And once they've cleared it, they're not going to be carrying it and shedding it and spreading it. So they can handle your food. They can take your order, you know, at the restaurant or they can do this, you know, they, they can do their job basically. Without stress and anxiety, presuming they're not going to get it again. 
Right, and and they they should. I mean, you know, you. That's how our immune system works. Once it learns how to get rid of a virus, anytime you're exposed to it again, it quickly addresses it and, it and it's gone. It doesn't even have much of a chance to replicate and overwhelm um, your tissues. So now you have this immune workforce that's keeping things going. And then you have people that tested negative, which means they haven't been exposed to it yet. Those are the people that you have stay at home shelter and, and, and lockdown because they're at risk of acquiring it. And maybe they're in that lower percent that becomes severe enough and ends up going to the hospital or you get it and now you're carrying it and you're spreading it around. So those are the people that you have stay home and you keep them in that state while the immune population is keeping things going so that there is an economy to return to when we get through all this. And the people who who are negative and get it, well, you just wait and see if they get sick enough or you let them clear or they clear or this this they hold for long enough until we actually have an immunization against it, a vaccine against it. And they're, you know, Though that's kind of the happy medium between being smart about this biologically and economically. And again, I think you got to be a benevolent dictator. Yes. And in total control of all of this to orchestrate this. Because, you know, I don't know. And that models that whether that was done on purpose or not. But that's, that's kind of how South Korea handled it. They know who, was, who had it, who didn't, who was sick, who needed to be quarantined, who could still you know, function and, you know, our, the, how the epidemics look in the United States, it's looking like Italy, but 10 days behind. And that, again, when I swing to the pendulum where I start getting really worried, it, I'm, I look at Italy and I'm like, ah, and yeah. I look at South Korea to kind of make me feel better. Yeah. Like this is, this is possible to, to manage. Yeah, and it's interesting what you say. It makes perfect logical sense. Now, it's premised upon information that is testing that we know who's got what and where. Uh, and, you know, it's sort of like a, a couple things came to mind, like old battlefield triage. You know, it's like you've, you've sort of got to triage it a little bit and figure out uh, who gets to do what. And then, you know, the other thing that came to mind, uh, I mean, going back to the stuff that you know a lot about, which is like cancer treatment, because my understanding is there was a time you would just go get radiated and it would just kill tons of stuff all around that you didn't need to. And then eventually we figured out, wait a minute, we can surgically go in and 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 treat the areas that need to be treated. In other words, do less damage to the economic structure of our society by surgically going in and right. only picking parts of it that need to come out right now. Right. And that... That's also a metaphor for how people die from viruses. You yeah. have these little things going in there and the, the immune system just overdoes it and starts destroying normal tissue and uh, you know ruining its function. And I, and I think we gotta be smarter about that. And once you're immunized, immunized you are smarter about that. Your, your, your body recognizes the surface antigens and it, it quickly works to clear out infected cells. Yeah, and, and so I don't know. I, I just the technology is there. Like I said, there's a biotech company in Utah that can make fifty thousand tests a day. It costs ten dollars a piece, and um, you get your answer in you know on average a half hour. 
And, and just and, think about that. I would spend $10 right now to know me yeah. personally. And I don't know well, anybody in my group, no matter how much money they made in the real world before all this happened, that wouldn't come up with 10 bucks to know they either have it or don't have it. Yeah. And if you don't want to pay right now, the government's considering giving billions of dollars to aviation companies because they're not, no one's flying. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, bailing out, you know, small business, which are out of business because it's, uh, it's like a hundred percent shutdown. Yeah. So the and government I, I, is responsible for all of this on some level. And I'm not blaming the government for the virus. Right. I'm blaming the government for the shutdowns because in blame doesn't mean necessarily that it was done with bad intent. In fact, anybody no, who's listening to the show knows that typically government action like this is usually premised upon uh, the right motive. Uh, but it, it's also, I guess, uh, tainted by politics in the sense that uh, I've used this term before because I've heard it before a lot. It's like, well, we got to do something. And so often right. when people say we got to do something, it's usually it's usually too much or it's usually in a different direction. It doesn't matter. Right. And, and but based on the lack of tests and the lack of knowledge on who has it, who may have it in the future and who's cleared of it without that knowledge, you're forced to shut everything down. Yeah. You're forced to keep people at home because if if you just. In, in absence of that knowledge, and if it was business as usual, as fast as this thing spreads, when it spreads through 330 million people and you have 100,000 intensive care beds with ventilators, even tiny fractions of a percent in that huge number, you're going to be overwhelmed. And, yeah. and that's where I think we just got, we have to be more efficient about it. From individual to individual, the risk is very low. You're going to get like a cold, maybe a little achy, you know, and and that's part of the problem too. Because people are like, "Well, hell, I'm just going to go out and do whatever," but they could be spreading. Yes, just like oh. those spring breakers did. And, and it, it, if it, if the virus were actually scarier on an individual level, you wouldn't have to shut everything down. People would stay home, but it's not, and so. You know, it's and that's why this is such a frustrating pandemic. It's it's like your solution almost feels to me like a sci fi, like Star Trek episode. You know, it's like they, 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 they don't know how to fight this evil enemy. And then finally, Captain Kirk comes up with like this this solution. Wait a minute. We can just use logic here. You know, it's right. like uh, or Spock says, wait a minute. This is very mathematical. You know, all you have to do is this, this and this. And with time, it seems like that solution works. I mean, it, the only premise is you have to have testing. Exactly. I mean, that's the most, and I, and I'm glad the FDA, I'm glad the FDA is starting to relax testing and respond to this. And, you know, it's really easy to criticize government and it, even I've been frustrated at times, but, you know, and there is a, there is regulation in place for routine stuff, right? Yep. So, and I mentioned this earlier, if you have a statin to lower cholesterol, and you have one that's been out forever and you're trying to make a new one, you know, the, the marginal gain therapeutic gain is small enough that you really got to take your time and make sure you're not going to harm more patients with this new drug. I mean, that does take time and that time is warranted, but in a situation like this, you know, you got to move quickly and, you know, and that's why almost having a, a set of laws for things, 
when things are running normally and when the shit's hitting the fan, you kind of need, you know, and there are provisions like that, you know, wartime laws as well. Sure. But I think that needs to trickle in the field of biotechnology as well. Well, I think after we get through this, it probably will. I mean, it's like you always yeah. write the book that has all the answers after it's done. But uh, right. and, and, and I guess that's how we learn. But, you know, in my business or any business that anything I've done, whether it be construction or law or anything, uh, when I'm encountered with a problem that needs an immediate solution, I rarely go to my normal procedural manual, look up how to right. solve that particular problem, check every step off. And uh, and follow the rules. No, I say, wait a minute, hold on a second. We got to deal with this right now. So everybody, stop what they're doing. We're going to do X, Y, Z, and that's based on just sometimes instinct. You know, you just know that something's right. going to happen now. Yeah, and I and I read another article in Reason Magazine that uh, some companies have said, hey, we can make all these masks, and then they're like, well, there's a 90 day testing period for to, to validate the masks. It's insane. <laughs> It's utterly yeah. insane. And and this it is the, changes every hour, 90 days is everything's going to be different. Yeah. No, 90 yeah. day testing period for a mask. Like, and meanwhile, people are like ripping up t-shirts and, and throwing them yeah. over their face, you know, putting on bandanas. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's, it, no, it's frustratingly crazy. And I think the less emphasis or the less bureaucracy and the less regulations, which maybe what you're saying is often are needed in the real world, in the emergency world, uh, not so much. And, you know, where where does one decide uh, to abandon this to go with that? I, I you know, Now would be a good time. <laughs> I can yeah. tell you that. Well, and the, the, really, the first step is getting to a point where anyone can call up the phone and get a test kit sent. Yeah. Test yourself, whether you're sick or not, test it, gather that information, and now you can make targeted smart decisions based on actual data but until then you it's like you have to shut things off yeah even though 85 percent of the people are going to be okay and maybe even a little more you know because we're a lot of the data is based on the the chinese population and you know the the racial and ethnic makeup of the united states is different and a lot of our Viral susceptibilities are dictated by genetics, which also dictates uh, different races and different ethnicities. So, um, but still, there's, as we said yesterday, there's probably a lot of people who've already had it and it's past them and they're immune and they were fine. Yep. And so, knowing that number, that the bulk of us are going to be okay. And then this other number that if we completely shut everything down, there's going to be no economy left to, when we emerge from our houses. I think that's where that middle ground is. Well, I, uh, I let's do this. Let's wrap it there. I think that, I mean, what better lesson? We've just told the world how to combat COVID-19 <laughs> right here on Lawyer Talk at Channel 511 in, in Studio C, right? I mean, how about that? I mean, we're, we're both yeah. sort of in quarantine right now, doing nothing. I mean, I, I was upstairs right. all day. You know, fortunately, legal service is, in fact, a... Uh, uh, an exemption here in Ohio, at least under that order. And, and thank goodness. I mean, I have people uh, who still need help and, and we're doing that, but uh, you know, I, I got a lot of time to think about this stuff now. And, and I think we're just going to continue to share this and maybe in a day or so we'll come back on and, uh, yeah. and drop another one of these. I like the afternoon uh, schedule on this and uh, we'll do it. But uh, 
I tell you what, Doc, I, I do appreciate it. Uh, another uh, great, informative uh, episode. And, and even where we started like a few weeks ago talking about this and where, where we are now in just what right. you've learned and been able to, to share with us is really, really helpful, at least for me to understand it. Because, again, I've said it a thousand times in the criminal practice, it is always the unknown that is the worst. It's when you don't know right. what's going to happen. That's when uh, anxiety peaks. That's when your fear is at the height of, of, of itself. Uh, and that's when people tend to do uh, dumb things. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, another fireside chat, COVID-19 edition of Lawyer Talk uh, on the air, or off the record, on the air here with Doc Pulaski yet again, at least until now.